Naptown, the city that always sleeps. Most people think nothing happens in the town that is halfway between nothing and nowhere, but they would be wrong. There's plenty that goes on in this town for those willing to look. Having successfully solved another case, the crew does their best to enjoy their downtime. Some dive into work, other into hobbies. Either way, the crew finds difficulty being awake in the city that always sleeps. Alright everyone, we are back this week in Naptown. Last time on Naptown, we you guys had just finished up the investigation. You determined that there is a Mr. Mueller who is doing nefarious things throughout the city, such as forcing um, a college professor to make evil tech devices for him to make his enforcers stronger. You saved the, the said college professor, Lennox Willis, from a bad fate with him and he is now in the mystical the mystical grove he is there crafting items and stuff but that's really not relevant for right now what is relevant for right now is you guys are all spending some downtime doing some stuff quick time out for rules questions are we doing the geek out stuff as well the what that's up to you uh we didn't officially talk about that as a group well, so basically what it is, because I was looking it up, which is, oh, here we go. I got it. Uh, so what it is, is at the end of a session. So for us, the end of an, uh, a little arc, uh, when the credits roll, uh, each player can answer one or more of the following questions. One, how has the gr- a crew grown this session? Recover a burnt crew power tag or mark attention on a crew theme. Two, which character had the most meaningful interaction with your character this session? Add one help point or one hurt point next to their name on your character card. Or three, which of your themes is under the most strain? If it collapses, what new aspect will show up in its place? Uh, write down the answer under flip side on that theme. So card. here's what I would say is if we want, if you guys want to do this, because it is a mechanic to like help stuff. I think you can all answer question number two, and then one of you can answer question number one, and then whoever wants you can answer question number three. Oh, so all of us will do two, and then as a group we'll do one, and then three? Yeah, So sorry. Question one is, how's the group grown? I would say one person, or like as a group you do that one. Like, you know, like I don't want like... We could, we could talk about this here at the very, at the top, uh, since... This is reflecting on the investigation. Yeah. And then you can each reflect on who you had a meaningful interaction with, whether positive or negative. If it's positive, you get to mark one help to that person. If it's negative, you add one harm on that, on your sheets. And then if anyone wants to say like how one of their, which of their themes is like under strain, which I don't think anyone's is under strain yet. I don't think so. But if you want to say like what, what you feel like is under strain... And then what it would flip to, you can. But I don't think that one's really relevant right now. If you guys want to do that. If you guys don't want to do it, that's also fine. Because there are a lot of rules to this system. I think at least starting with the first two. Just like right up at here at the top. Okay. So you guys are now at uh, what is called the Geek Out Session. Which I'm not a huge fan of the name of that, honestly. However, you guys get to like think about out of game your characters. And talk about how the crew has grown this session. And get to mark an attention on your crew theme. So, how do you guys feel you have grown together? Um, I was thinking maybe like we have a better understanding of each other's abilities. Does that make sense? Cuz it's like I know technically we've done missions before, but we haven't done missions before, so we have a better sense of like what we can all do. 
Does that make sense? And this is coming from the player of the guy that has a bone bone axe that hasn't once used his bone axe. <laughs> I used my bone axe last game. He did. He did use his bone axe. What did you use it? When we were fighting the guys in the warehouse. Oh, did you? Okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I mean, that fight just didn't really last very long, so, you know. That's true. I'm not sure what our themes are. I'm just looking at the crew tags, but... um. We could mark attention on the Mystical Grove since we have an additional person. So the crew itself is the theme. Oh, okay. So this is like your The Order stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, and then those different, those things like the Grove can get anywhere, bait and switch, those are all the tags on that theme. Gotcha. I think it still fits though, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like that as an uh, as a reason to add attention to it with the Mystical Grove. Like We're recruiting. We're adding. Yeah, we're recruiting and therefore we're like getting more people in, which is making the Mystical Grove more useful to us. Cool. So mark like attentions. Just one attention to that. And then um, each of you will answer which character had the most meaningful interaction with you this session. Um, if it can be either a good or bad interaction, if it's good, you get a help point. If it's bad, you get a harm point or hurt point. So, who wants to go first? Uh, Tanner's most. Oh, sorry, you want to go? No, you can go. I was you're... gonna say, I think Tanner's most meaningful interaction was with Darling because she told him to take a break. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's something he does. So yes. Was Seamus the one who burst in when? Yes. Faye fell out. Okay, I think that would be the most significant thing that's actually i was thinking of that too is when when seamus ran into ran in to save a friend and darling uh, yeah i think mine's probably tanner too honestly um since i was trying to you know do nice things for him uh so okay each of you i feel like you all were helpful so everyone mark a, a help point on whichever person that you were helpful or helpful had a good interaction with. Yep. So Seamus and Faye on each other, and then Tanner and Darling. So would those like cancel out if you already have a minus on somebody or a plus on somebody? They do not. Oh, interesting. They do not. Okay. You, so those are points you can spend. Um, Harkening back to Outlaws Wanted, you know, like the camaraderie points in that mm-hmm. that Cody has. That's what these are. Okay. Except they're more specific, where you have to use them on a specific person for a specific person. So if you have a, a help plus one on Faye, when Faye's rolling, you can give her a plus one. Okay, we we should definitely remember to use those in this next investigation. The minus one works the same way as well, where it's like if you're if Faye's rolling something and you don't want her to accomplish it. You give her a minus one. Mm-hmm. The one thing to keep in mind is there has to be a reason that you can help or harm. You know, if if Seamus is across the city and doing something you don't like, your help and hurt like things do no effect because he is across the city. Gotcha. So there has to be a narrative reason that you're using that point yeah. as well. That makes sense. And the times you'd use harm is like when you don't want them to accomplish something, like when your character doesn't want them to accomplish something, you know. It's a little bit more player to player yeah. interactions. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how much you guys want to use it. That's up to you. But, you know, it's like if Tanner feels like he needs to kill someone because they're unjust and Darling's trying to get information out of them, you know, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, no, that makes sense. All right. But that leads us to our next topic for this episode. You guys are all doing downtime. You all have a couple of downtime things you're going to do to mark some attention to your tags. And since we don't level up is we don't do downtime in the middle of missions as much even though it's recommended we're going to do a double downtime so you guys get to mark multiple attention to your themes 
So, darling, you said you wanted to go first. Yes, uh, I'll go ahead first, and uh, I'm going to do the first of my scenes, which is a uh, technically what we're calling a solo scene. Um, Yes. Which, in this case, for me, is going to be adding two points to my Gossip Guru theme to help that improve. Basically, what I'm doing with that is I am spending some downtime and paying attention to my job, which is a jazz hall singer. And so most of this scene, which probably isn't much of a scene, is she's just working, which includes uh, between her performances, she uh, like the performers also act as like waitresses and take drinks around to patrons. She just happens to run into Faye because this is the time that they get to spend time together uh, while she's working. Darling is hanging out around the bar, uh, getting drinks for patrons. And one of the things that her and Faye do is Darling will uh, try to convince Faye to shapeshift so that she looks like different women so that Faye will be more willing to go up and talk to guys. Um, Doesn't hurt that uh, Darling also probably gets tips out of this. Oh, probably. As as they send (laughs) drinks to... (laughs) To Faye. You guys are are running quite the con there. I I don't think of it as a con so much as like... (laughs) I think to Darling... Well, no, I think to Darling, this is like how, like, okay, yeah, the tips are nice, but like she makes, like she makes pretty good money in like what she does. Like she's clearly able to afford a pretty decent apartment. So like, that's not the number one thing. I think what she's doing with Faye is like, she's in her head, at least she's trying to help Faye build up the confidence to talk to other people, specifically guys, uh, by being like, okay, Faye, you see that guy over there? All right, he's flirting with that brunette. So when she walks away, do that thing, do that thing (laughs) and go talk to him. Like, just say anything, because he clearly already likes her. And so this can just get you an in. Just like, go talk to him. I, I guess, I'm... I can always practice my magic, I guess. So she slowly, um, kind of the reddish hue, um, leeches out of her uh, auburn hair. Um, she It gets uh, darker and a little longer with a slight curl to it. Um, how's this? Perfect. So you, so you said, she, so Faye normally has auburn hair? Faye usually has auburn hair in a bob. Yeah, I don't think I knew what her personality looked like. Boo. I couldn't resist that. I'm sorry. I honestly don't remember. I think that's how I described her originally, but I'm not so 100% you, Do you want to know how I, I imagine her as a brunette because you're a brunette, Caitlin? <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, like, I have a hard time. Like, I just imagine each of us as we look in real life. <laughs> That must have been going around in the 1920s. <laughs> that must be a real awkward, and I'm talking as Lucia. <laughs> <laughs> so Faye slowly changes her outfit to match the spangly flapper dress that the other person was wearing. Spangly. It's <laughs> um, pretty accurate description. And yeah, she like steps into a shadow, I think, in the corner, and then steps out. Um, and walks over as if she just came back. 
Um, so are you? You're trying to be like you're trying to be exactly that woman. You're trying to look exactly like her. Yes. Okay. I'm just. I was just curious. I think is that is that what we're running? I think so. Yeah. I mean. I feel like in this type of a situation, like the guy isn't necessarily like the, the the people are meeting so briefly that mm-hmm. this other person hasn't necessarily been able to pick up on the girl's mannerisms. So, mm-hmm. so it's like they'll like come over, chat for a bit, go have a dance, come back, like that sort of thing. Yeah, or or you know, it's another it's another performer like myself who's like passing out drinks and so they have to keep working or they okay. have to disappear for yeah. a performance or like whatever it is. Gotcha. Where you and I are keeping out for an eye out for people who are it's a very brief meeting. Yeah. But like you can tell that there's some flirting going on and it's like, okay, th- we're going to keep this going. I, or I also imagine that um Darling's able to see like when people are checking each other out, partially because she's good. I feel like yeah, even though that's not a specific power or anything, I think she's very in tune to that. that that's what I meant. Like so, like it's like oh, this guy's checking out this type of woman. Why don't you look yes. like this type of woman? And then he'll like talk to you know like yeah. I think it originally. I think when we originally started this, it started as like okay, look exactly like this other person, and like I think over time we've kind of gradually like okay. Yeah, he is looking at this girl. What are the attributes? <laughs> like he keeps talking to her. Okay, well let's try the hair. Let's try, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, big boobs. Like you know, like who knows what it is? But it's like we're gonna try these different things, and we're gonna you know have you go and talk to them to build up your confidence with air quotes around that. And because <laughs> darling likes matchmaking. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. So. Yeah, so Faye goes over and starts chatting with him and is just keeping an eye out for Darling to kind of signal her like, okay, either like the person you were impersonating is coming back or it's a good time to duck out because a new act is going to be coming on in a few minutes. Um, So it looks like you're just um, part of that. Yeah. All right. And that goes well enough for Faye. Like you guys have done enough times that it's not a disaster. Yeah. What is the name of your jazz club again, Mandy? The Silver Chatterbox. I was really hoping that Faye would run into <laughs> the person she's impersonating and be like looking in a mirror and big fight breaks out. That's definitely happened before. Like when we were mm-hmm. first starting this little, I guess you could call it a con, but you know, <laughs> like this, that, that has happened, but we've, we've gotten a lot better at it since then. Like, like yeah. Darling has realized she has to play wing woman and keep an eye out for this actual other person. Yeah. Anyway, as you are going around the tables, you drop off a drink and you see friend is too kind of a word for this woman, but acquaintance is not accurate enough either um she's kind of like a co-worker or like rival from a different jazz hall you you drop off a drink at lillian pascal's table and she's sitting there oh hey darling how are you tonight not doing too bad how about yourself miss lillian things are all right you know night off don't have to be waiting tables Oh, well, isn't that just so nice for you? You know, it is a shame that you're not working a weekend. Much better tips then. Yeah, but you know, over at the Red Phoenix, they don't have us wait tables. You know, I just get paid to sing and, you know, that's enough for me. Oh, well, you're not getting a chance to talk to your patrons. And isn't that so nice for you? (laughs) You mean this riffraff? 
I don't know if I'd want to talk to people around here that much. Careful, Lillian. You're going to cost someone tips and you're not the one working. I know. Uh, Darling walks away if she can. (laughs) (laughs) So, wait, you set it up as if, like, not quite friend, but not really an acquaintance, but you guys played it out as if they were enemies. (laughs) I think it's like you're always vaguely polite to each other. Rivals, I guess. Yeah, like... Like they're 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 very much rivals and like they'll never they don't necessarily say anything mean directly to each other like they don't flat out insult each other but there's a lot of implied insult yeah and um what you what you do know about her um is the red phoenix is like sl- actually slightly less popular than here okay you're like in like the middling leagues of jazz hall singers okay and baseball equivalent like you're in the minor leagues that feeds into a major league team the red phoenix is a minor league team that doesn't really feed into a major league team gotcha okay and that's kind of where they're at the red phoenix isn't like a bad establishment but it is also a smaller smaller time than where you're at mm-hmm. the uh your shift goes pretty well nothing crazy happens uh i do have one question though for you Okay. How do you cover up all your bruises and scrapes from the previous week's engagements when you're on stage? Um, so normally she does have like pretty heavy makeup for stage performances. Like it's gaudy because it's the 1920s. But so like I feel like face facially it's pretty easy to cover up things and up close like people don't expect her to be like, you know, changing her makeup every time that she's coming off stage. If she's got any on her arms, hose was still a thing or was a thing, I think. So I'm going to go with she's wearing hose on her legs to cover that. And it's weird, but she's definitely wearing like long sleeves that oh, like something that still looks showy. Because I mean, I'm assuming at some point like winter is a thing. So like it's probably a weird time for her to be wearing that, but she does have like that kind of a wardrobe. Um, and so she's able to cover up most of what she got beat up. Cool. Makes sense to me. I was just curious. Yeah. No, she's, I, I feel like it, if we've been a part of this team for a while, this is not the first time she's been beat up. Yeah. It's not the first time she's had to come into work with that. And she is, she is able to figure out ways to cover it up. Cool. Nothing's broken, so. So her night is pretty uneventful. Faye go. Faye's tricks go off fine, <laughs> but the scene isn't about Faye, so. <laughs> but oh, spe- can I make sure to um, shape shift into a got a drunk looking guy and spill a drink <laughs> on Lillian? <laughs> because I definitely tell her like. Oh my god, this girl! I think I see <laughs> them talking, and then no, you guys. By the should, time I should... come back, she is um not. Uh... You guys can do it if you role play through Mandy gossiping about it or darling gossiping about <laughs> I it. I guess that works with my theme. <laughs> I was just gonna see it. <laughs> right? No, that's why. Like, oh, uh-huh. like it works perfectly. So you guys have to role play through it if you want to do that. Okay. Now. Uh, so dar- darling, uh, I. I'm guessing at this point, you're probably back up at the bar as yourself. Uh, and she comes back up with her tray. Uh, what's her deal? Oh, my God. I don't. Honestly, I think she's just jealous. That girl will not leave me alone. She 
I don't, I don't know what her problem is. Like, maybe if she wasn't working at the Red Phoenix, where, I mean, let's be real here, she is never going to get anywhere if she stays there. <laughs> but like, you don't have to come up here and, you know, ruin your networking chances by mouthing off to somebody who works at a better establishment. But well, you you know why she's jealous? Why? I, because she's never going to get anywhere. Gestures Nine to all of Darling. <laughs> 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 um, she gestures to all of Darling and then it's also and nine o'clock and she like turns her head towards somebody who's very obviously enamored with darling (laughs) and trying to like work up the courage to come talk to her she's been eyeing him all night and he only has eyes for you oh well why don't you do some flirting i've been i've been hogging all the attention i mean if it gets me more tips that's the only thing I'm really looking for right now. Nothing more serious? No. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm just not feeling it tonight. All right. <laughs> um, so then she... Yeah. <laughs> so then she, as she um, leaves, Faye is like, I'll, I'll take her down a couple pegs. I'll see you later, darling. Have a good night. <laughs> she steps into um, a shadow between... The same two- shadow as before. Yeah. Ever- this one shadow is the only place you can shake it <laughs> anywhere. Dar- Darling's made sure to like set it up so there's two lights pointing in opposite directions and it leaves a perfect right. shadow spot for her. Um, so Faye <laughs> stumbles out with a drink in hand Um and make sure to bump into Lillian as she's leaving um, and spill, you know, something something red has grenadine in it. You guys are monsters. <laughs> no one said we were good people. I also, my favorite thing of this scene was um, Darling lying to a lawyer whose job it is to find truth and <laughs> prosecute people and grill them with questions about like, no, I'm not really into anyone right now. <laughs> Darling doesn't think that way. <laughs> anyway, speaking of Faye, want to do her scene next? Sure. It is downtown. Faye is at her law firm. Is that how you say it? She doesn't own it. The but family. The family firm. law firm, Cameron and Sons, where she works her day job. Mm-hmm. What case, So she's working on a case right now? Is that What's Faye usually do on a normal day in, at Cameron and Sons? Um, so if she's not out... Um, talking to people or meeting with clients in her office. Um, She would be working on writing up briefs for cases that are coming up. So she's just, so she's in the office today, we're going to say, since I said you're at Cameron Mm -hmm. and Sons, slogging her way through brief after brief. She's very good at. She is, but the cases you've been having lately are super boring. (laughs) Like there's like, like you just like solved like a crazy murder mystery kind of thing. Oh, now, so the yeah, the contrast between the two is right. And yeah. It's not that you dislike it, but there is like this jolt of this like jarring thing where it's like I just like saw like stopped solved the murder and saved someone's life, and now you're just sitting there like trying to p- prosecute someone for tax evasion, mm-hmm. you know? And it's yeah. just like, well, this guy's clearly guilty. Like it's a very quick, easy brief, and I'm, but like. You have to like do all the details and like bank account number five five zero two one three four six two, cross reference it to make sure it's the right number. So you're sitting there bored out of your mind when you hear a knock on your door and your brother walks in. Oh, 
Hi, Art. What's... Hey, Faye, how's it going? Uh, just putting some finishing touches on these briefs. Uh, the O'Brien case? Uh, yeah, it should be done tomorrow, if that's why you're here. I'll just check in to make sure my little sister's doing all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm... It's been fine. How's the... How's your case going? Uh, fine, you know, they... They, they're they mounting a somewhat adequate defense, but you know, I have a way with these things. We'll have, we'll have the outcome we want by the end of the week. We're not too worried, you know, it's a pretty cut and dry case and they are doing their best to scramble for clues, but you do your research so I never have to worry. Cameron and Sons does it again. He like gives you like the finger gun. <laughs> <laughs> he so invents are you, the finger you gun. Coming are you coming around mom and dad's for dinner this weekend? Uh... Yeah, I should be there. Why? Oh, I was just wondering. It's No, don't. Are they inviting somebody again? Well, I mean, I yeah, they are. I mean, I didn't want to be the one to tell you, <sighs> but they also told me to tell you. Who is it this time? No, wait. Let me guess. Is he tall, dark, and obsessed with his own reflection? Or Well, I mean, you don't know that he's obsessed with his Or how about um well-dressed, has excellent taste, and is as boring as a box of rocks? you're being unfair you haven't even met this man yet do i need to i mean because mom and dad are bringing him to dinner and you said you're coming yes i i just thought they'd give it a rest eventually i mean i think they'll give it a rest when you finally get married you act like that's a set outcome i believe mom and dad think it is well we wouldn't want to disappoint them would we i'll see you later art so art leaves a little not dejected, but like, well, that could have gone better. <laughs> Maybe he should have had his fact guy get him more facts for his brief before he <laughs> give me a brief on this guy before we meet him. He didn't. He didn't present you with a dossier on on this prospective new suitor, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and so I'm assuming Faye goes back to more angrily, angrily <laughs> scribbling her brief, right? As her weekend plans have been ruined. <laughs> Seamus. next? That was a quick scene. <laughs> I mean, how long do you want it, Kaylin, to draw it out that she doesn't want to get married <laughs> to, or doesn't want to be set up by her parents? So it is the Thursday night after you guys have finished your case. Seamus is in the industrial district under, not underground, but like in like another, a different abandoned warehouse. Well, is, wait, is prize fighting legal? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, boxing was like a yeah. big thing in the 20s. I was thinking like Sherlock Holmes prize fighting. Oh, no, I was thinking like not necessarily main stage. Like he, he would be he would be like an opening bout of like some other major fight. Like there was a there was like a bigger name fight later okay. that evening and he was just a smaller fight that went before it. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine this was like an under underground, like clandestine thing. I was thinking, I don't know why I was thinking underground. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, erase all of that. I'm assuming you're downtown then, somewhere, probably. Yeah, I'd be in whatever whatever sports arena Naptown has. So Seamus is uh, is downtown at the sports arena. Um, you're going, Seamus, I don't know what his stage name is, is going up against Hammerfist Clay tonight. I'm trying to think, what would Seamus' is, uh, that's it. He His boxing name is the Irish General. Okay. Because nice. it's known that he was like former army. Right, yeah. So you got, you're in the ring ready for this fight. Where you see, you get to look at Clay for like the first time, and he is an imposing man, but you just fought someone who was literally an undead monster who was about twice his size, so you're feeling pretty good. 
when the so the bell rings and the fight begins. So what does Seamus do? Like, how does Seamus fight in these contexts? I, I would think that Seamus is feeling pretty confident. Like he's fought guys like this before, and um, and like you said, he just fought something much worse, and there's no yeah. big deal. So he kind of this guy looks in shape, but he also doesn't look doesn't look like he has like ripped you know like devices implanted in his arm or anything. No. None of that. <laughs> and he like he doesn't look like he looks like he has muscle on him, but he doesn't look like he lifts all the time. He just looks like a guy who's in shape, you know. Okay. Not a guy who's in fantastic shape. Okay. So Seamus kind of like I wouldn't say he drops his guard. He just kind of like he doesn't. He's not like particularly worried as he kind of circles around the ring with this guy. He's just kind of almost lazily is like trying to trying to subtly let this guy know that he doesn't worry about him. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can tell that he's not trying yet. Yeah. He's not trying too hard. Can you give me a give me a roll and give yourself plus one on it? I did a seven. So the fight begin, or you, you're doing this and you guys like do go in and trade a few blows here and there and you're not doing poorly you know you are being a little cocky and like he does get a few hits in and you like realize like well maybe i should have guarded but you're also still not worried as things go on you guys managed to go a couple rounds um before you know doing this when the third round starts he tries a different tactic and starts moving much quicker and faster where seamus is now having to block a lot more um, it's, you know, like, before you were being cocky and lazy on purpose, now you're, like, going as fast as you can to keep up with him. Like, it's a unrelenting barrage of, like, hits coming at you. Uh, what do you do? Seeing as he's, like, actually having to try, he's gonna, he's gonna try to, he's gonna try to go full out now. He's gonna actually, like, start, start putting his guard up more and try to actually take this guy seriously. Do you tap into your mythos while you fight? Um, I don't think yet. I don't think you would yet. Okay. Um, give me another roll. Adding anything? With a plus one again. I'd say a plus one still, because you're still, like, you're good at hand-to-hand combat, and that's explicitly what this is. Wow. All right. That is a three. I rolled snake eyes. So you are putting up your guard, and you're putting it up in the wrong ways. You are just being pummeled. You block some hits, but, like, not the important one. You block the, like, fake jabs he's doing. And not yeah, I block, actual- his, I block his feints, but then he gets me with, like, a haymaker or something. Right, and these haymakers, you understand why he's called Hammerfist. <laughs> these haymakers are just punishing you. Throughout this, like, you're feeling all right. You, you, so, by some miracle, you're able to make it through the third round, and you take, you know, you get your quick breather, and then you go back in, and it's, like, you are putting up zero defense, basically. Basically, you know, like, you're, like, stumbling as you go out, and he just finishes this fight before it has even began. I think at this point, like, when that when that round starts is when Seamus would try to start tapping into his mythos, but it's Yeah, uh, make me a roll. M- make me a roll. I will, I will say you have plus two. That's a ten. You aren't just completely clobbered when the, round, the fourth round begins. It's too late for it to really make a difference, but you lose in a way that is considered respectable and not just, like, knocked out as soon as you walk out kind of thing. You know, like, you're not punched in the face. You, you, he doesn't hit you with another haymaker and you just drop. Like, you, he does end up knocking you out, but, it like, you do go out fighting and get some good hits in there. But I lose. You do lose. But you get to mark attention for uh, your theme. I don't know what it's actually called. I just have the tags. Un- uncanny instinct. So, after the fight... <laughs> This is a conversation Caitlin and I had. We established how our scene's going to play out, and it makes sense to do it now. Yeah. 
Apparently, so, Faye just got watched Seamus get wrecked. <laughs> yeah, so Faye came to see uh, Seamus's fight, um, and as he uh, stumbles out of the ring and heads toward the door, and another fight starts up, she falls in step beside him. Uh, can I buy you a drink? Uh, yeah, that sounds pretty good. That was a was a rough fight. It looks like it. I think I think I might have underestimated him a little bit. Did you? you know, use your power? Um, I didn't think I'd need to, and by the time I realized I needed to, it was it was too late. He had already kind of gotten the best of me, and I think that's a mistake I won't make again. I've been there. <laughs> um, so they head to a bar that's nearby um, and sit down and have a drink. Um, so I just wanted to come by and check in. Um, see how you're doing and also say thanks for running to help me out the other day. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's, uh, always, always gotta, gotta come in and help my friends when they need help. I had a plan and everything, but it was still nice to know that somebody had my back. She like awkwardly sips her drink and Seamus looks at her. So I... No, I've already apologized for this, um, but I'm sorry again for stealing your dog tags. I understand that it was wrong and I broke your trust. I, I don't usually do this whole apologizing thing, if you can't tell, um, but Darling tells me I need to be a little more forthcoming with these things, so I'm I'm sorry. Well, I appreciate that. I I wasn't even mad that you borrowed them i was more mad that you didn't ask because if you'd asked i probably would have let you use them i yeah i i understand it, but thank thank you for for the apology i forgive you thanks that means a lot do you mind helping me maybe get better at things the old-fashioned way with some practice sure what kind of what do you have in mind tanner tells me you've um got a mean left hook <laughs> was wondering if you could try it out and I could maybe try out shape-shifting out of harm's way a bit more. I mean, yeah, I'd be willing to help. I just I just hope I don't actually hit you. <laughs> well, I feel like you have a, a natural handicap at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I suppose I, being being a little beat up right now, I probably wouldn't wouldn't hit too hard at the moment. <laughs> so we do that. <laughs> you do that. Yeah, I think there's probably like um a practice area near like at the same place that the the fights are held. Um, yeah. So oh, I'm sure there's like a training room. He probably has like some gym he goes to that to like yeah train up. And I'm sure you guys have like figured out spots in your in the city where you guys like practice and train with your powers as well. So you like you know like where you can go and use your powers and not have to worry about it a ton. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, we definitely have a place like that because that's like the established thing that uh, Tanner and Seamus do is that they like have. Oh, right. Yeah. We just go there. Have have bouts to just kind of keep each other sharp. And he definitely would pull out his bone axe during those. Right. <laughs> Can't just do that at the training. <laughs> I mean, I, I assume I don't want I don't want to play the game for Cody, but I assume that's what Tanner would do. Right. Or do you not think so? I think if he was mad and thought that you were fighting unfair. Yes. <laughs> Does that make sense? Okay. Like, I think if he takes out his bone axe, that means that you, like, did something that he thought was cheap. You know what okay, I mean? So maybe, maybe not then. But I think we still would have a... We'd have a we, well, because well, it hurts a lot, right? Oh, does it? I 
Okay, that makes sense. It it hurts a lot to whip out the bone axe, right? I'm sure there was a time where he's used the bone axe and you when Seamus started using his powers to win a fight. Yeah, that would probably be what it was. If I thought you were using your powers, that would be cheating and then he would get mad. Okay, yeah, so that's definitely happened at least once. Like, we both try to keep it from happening, but it's definitely happened, so we know we have to have, like, our own space away from prying eyes. Yeah. Woo! Yay! We had a good scene, Minnie. Yeah, that's good. All right, now Tanner. (laughs) All right, Detective Tanner. Um, did you name the little girl that I'm talking to? The name that just pops into my head is Abigail. Can her name instead be Runa? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Why did you ask? Well, because I I didn't give a name, but then I, like, just now was coming up with a name for this, so I wanted to, like, make sure that you had... Did you come up with a name? Yeah, I have the perfect name. This fits this character perfectly well screw your name we're going with runa well if he had been like yeah i came up with something that i think fits then i'd be like well okay we'll just go with that i didn't but if he was just like off the top of my head abigail it was that so it's probably about a couple weeks after your last after the events of your last case with the order yep the rain it the rain has let up it has been not as rainy lately so you're not as miserable but it looks like it still could rain tonight as you sit on top of a rooftop. So Detective Tanner is, um, he has a very large box that he's had to haul up a ladder um, and missing an arm, that's really difficult for him. He's like having to like thump it up like one level and then like lean into it with his shoulder, climb up a level. And he finally just got all the way to the top, opened the box and started setting up a very elaborate camera and a little girl like just kind of walks up and pokes him in the back and he kind of like yelps a little bit and then turns around sees her and relaxes and keeps setting up his camera you know runa courtesy is to announce your presence before you just show up and watch me while i set up this is delicate equipment and i could break it and that's why I poked you. I wanted to let you know I was here. Yeah, but I'm renting this, and it's important what I'm doing here, so, you I know. I mean, what are you doing here? It doesn't, it doesn't look too important. Well, okay, but, you know, child's perspective, I am up here because at some point, that man who lives in that office across from here is going to go to his office late at night. Now, there's a couple things that are important here. One, hopefully, we're gonna take a picture of him having an affair with his secretary. That's hope number one. At that point, you should close your eyes, but... (laughs) The real good thing is what we're going to do is find out where he keeps his ledger that indicates that he's stealing money from his company and most likely spending it on gambling. As I have, um, well, anyways, I follow people, that's what I do. He has a gambling problem. Or at least he gambles a lot. Maybe he wins. I don't know. I doubt it. Uh, I think she's, all, like, as you're explaining things, she is doing that thing where, like, it's a kid thing where, like, casually, like, touching things of the nope, equipment. No, nope, no, nope, don't touch that either. I, that's film. You can't show it to the light. It's very fragile. Are you sure? I mean... This doesn't sound that important, like... Look, this is costing me $20 a day to rent. That's more than I spend on my house. I mean, no, I, I understand not breaking this stuff, but does catching this guy in an affair really seem important? Well, I mean, to me, well, 
It's important to his wife, who's paying me more than $20 a day to find out if he's cheating, and it's also important to his business partner, who's getting money stolen from him, and it's important to both of them because they're looking for an excuse to, um, well, you know, is it cheating? The question is, alright, look, I used to have a very simple view of relationships, Runa, you know? It's just two people love each other, and then they buy a house on a lake. That's how I was raised, alright? But here's the deal. This guy Lester's cheating on his wife. His wife finds out about it and starts cheating on him with his business partner. Who's at fault now? I... I don't know anymore at this point. They're all sleeping with each other, and I just have to take pictures. <laughs> but then, but why are why do you have to take the pictures? Aren't there better things you can be doing? Yeah, you're right. You know, I could be a police officer. Oh wait, no, no, I can't do that anymore. Right? Remember, they kind of have fired me. Oh yeah, that's not a sore subject. I love my work right now. I mean, isn't there other stuff you can do though? Like, don't are, don't you have other ways you help people? I could again go on a murderous rampage and kill innocent riffs accidentally. Yeah, there's that too. We both know that's not what I'm talking about. Well, you know, the order only calls so often and they don't pay rent, so I get to take these pictures. I think at this point it starts raining again. (laughs) (laughs) Tanner takes off his jacket and makes like a little makeshift tent for his photography studio. (laughs) I mean, I just... I, I feel like there's people that need help, and you're not helping them. You're just helping bad people ruin their own lives. I'm not helping. Well, they're ruining their own lives. I'm profiting off of it. There's. Uh, shh, 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 Look, a car pulls up. <laughs> Look, they're having the affair. <laughs> the guy gets out the whole time. Like, I forgot my own name. Detective Tanner's like taking pictures. As, like, you know, he goes up to an office, the light turns on, another car pulls up, a woman gets out. They're, like, blinds closed, you know, like, implied affair. As he's still just, like, sitting there frantically taking pictures with, like, a forlorn look on his face. <laughs> drinking a rapidly colding cup of coffee. Is this the part where I look away, or is that later? Yeah, honestly, at this point, I don't even... You're gonna find out about the fact that everyone's having an affair with each other at some point. <laughs> I think Better we... it be now. <laughs> Wait, who are you having an affair with, then? You know what? I don't need to answer personal questions about <laughs> my love life, or... Alright, I live on a couch in an office. I've got other things to get... My detective business is gonna take off, is my point. <laughs> Anyways, hang on. Look, 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 he's getting out his ledger. You know, slides open a drawer, pulls out a ledger, starts taking notes. We have to steal that, by the way. That's step two. <laughs> like an hour goes by, Tanner's still just drinking coffee on a roof as they both get in their cars and leave. Tanner then has to, like, get all the way back down off the roof. With the heavy box. With the giant heavy box. Put it in his trunk. That is now slick. Yeah. <laughs> And then he has to climb up, like, the fire escape to that office and try to break in. And all- I mean, if you want- if you want me to roll for that, I can. (laughs) Oh, yeah, why don't you roll for that? Okay. You can have private detective. That's an eight. So you do so well enough. It is not the, uh, most gracefully you've ever broken into someone's apartment or office. Yeah, by the time he gets to the desk, he's just fed up. He sits down at the desk, like, Rune is still just kind of, like, standing next to him, and he's like, alright, so, 
Here's the thing. This desk drawer is locked. If you see, you can see it's locked. And he just reaches down and rips the drawer out. So anyways. As you do this, you hear a click and have a flash as she takes a picture <laughs> of you ripping open the desk. <laughs> How did you even get the camera out of the box and up here? You know what? I don't actually want to know the answer to that question. It's more than likely going to be weird. Anyways, so check this out. He literally has two books. Look, you can see right down the line. Here's where he's taking $100 out of every transaction. And oh, yep, he's losing it all on ponies. Who's surprised? So we take these and we develop those pictures and we throw out the one of me stealing from here. And it's a job well done. And now, Runa, I get to go back to my very exciting private investigator's office. And go sleep on the couch? No, I'm probably going to sleep in the chair. But you just told me you slept on the couch usually. I said I have a couch. I mean, it was implied that you sleep there. I mean, a lot of people have a couch, Detective Tanner. I'm not saying you're wrong, but anyways, that's my good deeds for the day. I don't know if I'd count these as good deeds, Detective Tanner. These are the deeds that paid my bills today. Detective Tanner doesn't even bother, like, sneaking out of the office. He just opens the front door and walks down the main steps <laughs> <laughs> with both books in his hands. All right. I think that's where we'll leave Detective Tanner for now. How old is that girl? Um, She would look like she's about 10. Yeah. Okay. A little young for him to be telling her about affairs, but not like... Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I think it's uh, young enough to be funny, not weird. Yeah, it's... You know? It's yeah. young enough, it's like, yeah. like, if she said something about it, you'd give her a look like, do you know about this kind of stuff? Yeah. Is she a rift? It's a mystery. Okay. So, it has been about a month and a half, two months since your last interaction. Gosh, with- our case is that infrequent? Yes. Well, there's, you have to remember there's also three teams of you. Oh, okay. So, you are one of three teams. And you deal with a certain type of mystery more so. Like, it's not every rift is... Well, it's not... It's, the thing is, it's not every rift is recruited or done something with the order. You know, like, there are people who are just like, it's not relevant, or they hide it well enough that the, the order doesn't know about it kind of stuff. Or, like, there might be a giant dragon downtown, and another group is sent to do that. Right. And the other thing is, like, metagamey is like, or not metagamey, but like, this is so you guys like have normal lives. So it's not just like, if you have a case the next week, then it's like, how do you guys have functioning lives? Like you guys have functioning lives outside of this. It's not like the order's complete. You're not, we're not doing a Spider-Man thing where you're trying to balance work and superheroing. We're doing a thing where like that, that balance will come in later when it's your turn for that balance to matter is what I'm doing. So it's been about two months though. Darling, how are you doing? Um, darling's doing pretty good. Um, or at least she appears to be that way. <laughs> at least that's what she keeps telling herself. That's what she keeps telling herself. So it's about 1 a.m. after um, a shift. So she's getting off work and she's walking home. And since our last investigation, she has just been thinking about that conversation between Tanner and Lucia. Um, just like... Doing that thing you do if you like someone where you're just running over every interaction in your head. And she's wondering, like, was it just banter or did they actually meet up two months ago when they set up like a date? And even if they did, why should she care? Like, (laughs) there's really no reason she should be caring. And I think at some point during her walk home... 
she kind of like it kind of clicks with her that like it's been a long time since she's cared enough about something to be thinking this much about it. And as she has that thought, she is walking by Tanner's PI office. And that is something she's only just started doing in the last two months. Uh, It's not. It's out of the way uh, in order to walk home. But, you know, now it's become part of her routine. It's on the way to Faye's place. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And she has yet to visit Faye. Right, right. Yeah. It's on the way to Faye. That's what she tells herself, is that, oh, it's just on the way to Faye's. It's fine. Quick question. Did you try to meet up for that date, Detective Tanner, or did you just, like, find yourself out of the office when she said she was going to stop by? No, Tanner's afraid of her. He's not trying to find her. (laughs) Okay, so he was just trying to throw her off her feet when he was talking to her. Okay, I was just curious. Throw her off her feet or sweep her off her feet? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like, make her like stumble you know what i mean like if you go into a fight and then someone's just like oh you want to get dinner he was trying to defuse the situation yeah because because all the fights that i've been in that's my go-to move (laughs) (laughs) seamus would you like to go to dinner so you can correct me if i'm wrong but i think she looks up and uh the light is still on in detective tanner's office uh yes okay well, I mean, he doesn't ever stop working and he lives there. So, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and so after a moment, uh, Darling goes up and knocks on the door. Um, it just opens when you hit the door. Perfect. <laughs> so she comes in. Uh, knock, knock. Um, it is totally empty. Okay. Um, she comes all the way into the office and kind of goes over to your desk and starts looking at what you've been working on. <laughs> cool. So you just see a lot of pictures of people having affairs. <laughs> <laughs> like, there, it, not a few. It's like your eyes start to melt. Like, all Detective Tanner does is take pictures of people having affairs. And then there's just, like, a lot of notes and, like, connecting lines. Every so often in this pile of pictures of affairs, you do see, like, compromising pictures of Tanner doing things that are illegal. How? <laughs> Are we taking selfies? No, it's Runa. Oh, okay. Runa takes pictures of him whenever he does something wrong. <laughs> so does Runa come with you on every case? Runa is a, around a lot for Detective Tanner. <laughs> uh, like, without giving anything away. Like, Runa is someone who is part of his backstory who is around a lot, whether he wants her to be there or not. But, like, there's a pile of, like, I think to the side of just, like, all of these illegal things Detective Tanner has done and, like, ripped in half. I was gonna say, I think there's very specifically, like, a folder titled, like, Runa or, like, something along those lines. And she picks it up and first she sits on the desk. (laughs) Uh, So she sits on the desk and picks it up and starts flipping through the the pictures. (laughs) And the file. As you're sitting on the desk, like right then, that's when Detective Tanner enters. He's just staring at the floor as he shuffles in, drinking a cup of like not steaming coffee, and just sits down in his chair and then like finally leans back and is just like, ah, what? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you here because someone's cheating on you? No, Tanner. What? No, I'm not. I saw your light was on. I thought you were still working on I something. I do that to distract break detract break-ins. Um 
Hi, darling. Hi, how are you? Not doing too bad. How about yourself? Well, um, there's a lot of people that are paying me to take... You should not be looking... The thing about my profession and all of these photos, I am hired to take these. (laughs) I understand that, and Generally for the other spouse, that's the... Tanner... He's trying to, like, sweep (laughs) everything... Uh, she puts her hand on your arm. Tanner, who do you think you're talking to? I, this is not a big deal. Well, yeah, I think, yeah, I'm just not thrilled with it, you know. I miss having cases, like real ones. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, it's okay, honestly, I just, I miss working with all of you. Well, hopefully something will come up soon. You know, the truth is, darling, I feel exactly that way. And I think that's bad, right? Because usually, if we have a case, that means something bad has happened, like something worse than an affair. But, if I'm being honest, I've seen so many things, darling. I've seen so (laughs) many things. And it's just gotta stop. (laughs) No, I don't don't think that's a a bad thing to say. I think, I mean... there's a little bit of excitement to finally getting a finally being able to, you know, do something. I mean, it's it feels good to finally feel like I was helping. But then the case ends and I come back to this office and I continue to do this job that I'm technically pretty good at. And then I just wait for someone else to get murdered in a supernatural way. Have you thought about I don't know advertising or putting out that you do more than just affairs? Yeah. I I had a bad time with that at first because, well, I'm pretty good in a fight, right? That's not surprising. I'm no. decent at it, actually. Still am. But I also tend to take things too far in a fight. Maybe you remembered me burning down a building. That is something that seems to happen around me. So now I am uncomfortable with the notion of taking violent work explicitly without having someone else around. I guess to make sure I don't burn down buildings, but I feel like that time it was kind of okay. I don't know. I mean, have you thought about bringing on a partner? Well, Seamus, but I mean, bringing on a partner requires money. I have, he just gestures at everything. Debt, so... I see. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's... You could trade something. I don't don't know. I'm just trying to think of something that you could do to bring on someone that wouldn't require you... I want to say to not have to pay them, but... Well, hey, you look into Moonlight twice? (laughs) No, I mean... I don't know if you noticed in this last... But, um, and she kind of gestures to like her arm, which is like you can see like a pretty big bruise on still. Uh, you know, I kind of, I kind of got a little beat up this last time. I'm not one for the, the violent, uh, fights. No, but you do have a way with people, which I do appreciate. It's nice to see someone that can defuse a situation, which half the time I try to do. 
And the other half, you just kind of go berserk. Well, the other half, I burn down a building, yeah. It's one of two ways. Either I try to give a Frankenstein a hug, or a building gets burnt down. Do you want a cup of coffee, by the way? No, and you know, maybe... Maybe you don't need another cup of coffee. Um, well... Yeah, I mean, that's not untrue. Does she take his hand off the cup that he was holding? Yes. Yes. And Tanner, moves the like, cup to the back. other side of the desk. <laughs> <laughs> Tanner just kind of sits back down and sighs. I have not slept a lot lately. You know, unfortunately, I can tell. What is it, the hollow, vacant look in my eyes? I or mean, the everything? I mean, you did walk in and not notice that I was sitting prominently on your desk. Yeah, I'm honestly shocked I didn't notice you are the best looking part of this office. Well, that is a very sweet compliment. Yeah. I think for a minute uh, we kind of both get quiet and Darling kind of like sits up a little bit. You know, Tanner, I I was thinking that I did want to talk to you about something. Well, I'm all ears and I have plenty of time. Um... Gosh, you know, this is really hard. I actually, you know what? No, I I know what I was thinking. Um, so, you know that that thing that uh, so far I've done with uh, Seamus and Faye where I can, um, I can like temporarily take some of their powers. You mean the thing where you kiss them and then get to use their powers? Yes, that thing. Yes, I am aware of that thing. And you know how... You haven't kissed me? Yes. I am aware that you haven't, yes. <laughs> yes. Do you want to kiss me and try to make a creepy axe come out of your arm? You know, I'm more concerned that that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, honestly. And I'd kind I'm of a rather, level with you. <laughs> I'd kind of rather find out before we get in a fight than during one. I kind of don't want you to find out maybe a little bit, though. You know, but I... Here's the thing. I got really beat up this last time, and I don't want to go through that again. I get it. I'm concerned your arm's going to fall off. Well, it might not be that. You have, what, that, like, giant skin thing? Like, that. maybe that's what'll happen. Like, I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> Out of game. I forgot what you were talking about. I was like, are you just making fun of his skin? No. <laughs> Giant's eyed. No, I'm talking about your tough skin. Well, that's thing. true, and I'm also just good at punching, so... I mean, look, if you're asking if you can kiss me, the answer is definitely yes. Um, as soon as he gives consent, <laughs> Darling leans forward and kisses him. And I imagine they got, like, closer and closer as they're having this conversation, and then he says definitely, and then they kiss. Like, are you smooching, though, or are you just, like, a pet? Oh, no, it's it's going on, like, a little too long. Like, Tanner has seen her do this with Seamus and Faye. Tanner wouldn't want a kiss to stop. Like, he would... <laughs> Be happy about this, <laughs> and and then and then uh, darling just conveniently forgets to do her power. It's like, oh no, shoot, we have to kiss again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like you've you've seen her do this before, and it's going on like way too long. It does yeah. not take this long. <laughs> and then at some point, yeah, when it when it hits the point of too long, but not too too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever that is. <laughs> Um, a darling pulls away and she's like bright red. Sorry. Uh, Sorry guess, for what? Kissing me? I mean, 
Oh, uh, I guess I should like f- figure out what that did. I am very curious to find out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, as soon as like she says that, um, so basically what happens is like out of her uh, hand, it looks like the branches of her thorn bush, um, and they kind of like braid together to make a handle. And there's a thorn that elongates to make an axe blade. Um, so it's very uh, Thor's hammer from Infinity War. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, very cool. When you summon the axe, uh, Tanner just kind of like stares at it, like not quizzically or like concerned, just kind of like, hmm. And then he like kind of like picks you up off his desk and sets you on the floor and goes, You want to try to chop my disc in half? What? Well, you just got a like an axe, right? Like that's you want to. I mean, you got to chop something with it, right? And I don't want you to chop me. And I actually like my chair, but the desk I, I found on the side of the road. So, uh... Tanner, I'm not gonna destroy something in your office. This is like where you live right now. Do you want to like go get a watermelon or something? <laughs> <laughs> guys, go to Gallagher. This. I mean, I'd rather, I guess, split a watermelon than... Here, wait, don't think about it. He just, like, grabs a coffee pot and throws it at you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I guess she swings it, and I hope she breaks it. (laughs) Make a roll of plus one for me. Oh, no, please don't make me throw a a can at her head. (laughs) Romance. Shoot, (laughs) what are my tags? I just roll plus one. Oh, plus one. Yeah, for Axe of the Berserker. Cool, uh, that's a seven. So you do definitely hit this, but you also kind of hit it with the flat part of the blade. Yeah. So instead of like cutting, you just baseball bat it. Okay, you know, we gotta work on technique, but that is awesome. Like to the point where I'm mad, right? Because yours looks cooler than mine. And also it doesn't seem like your arm split open to make the cool axe. Well, <laughs> no, that's exactly what I was worried was going to happen. And I'm glad that's not what happened. I am too. I was also for a second worried I was just going to throw a cup at your head. Uh, yeah, me was, too. But, you know, you just got to do the knee jerk reaction, you know? No, I, I feel like that knee jerk reaction didn't exactly work. Well, anyways, I'm sorry, but I do think we should kiss more often. Are we going to end on that? <laughs> we can end on that if they want or to end something. on that. Or something. Does Mandy have something else? So I think that Darling and Tanner kind of for the next hour are kind of testing the God's favor power. And he's probably like throwing more, I don't know, items in his office at her uh, to play with the axe more. And like there's lots of kissing in between all of that. I feel um, like there's more kissing than God's favor happening. <laughs> at that point, probably. And then I'm going to say probably around 3 a.m. Darling says goodnight and leaves his office. And the point that I want to make here is that she does not ask Tanner to come over. I think she she tells him more or less like, hey, I like you and like I want to try and make this work. So let's take this slow. So so she does not ask him back. Makes sense. Around 3 a.m. you head back to your apartment and you... I think you said darling lives like in like a nicer area of town right yeah yeah like it was not def- it was definitely out of her way to go by tanner's office because he's not in a very nice part of town um and and she lives in i would say a much safer and nicer area yeah so she goes she's like not in the wealthy wealthy area but she's in a nicer place and you said she has a nice 
a nice apartment for anyone who doesn't have a nice apartment kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, or like not even that. Anyone who isn't like fabulously rich would consider this like a, a very nice apartment. But for someone who is trying to be in the wealthy popular scene, it's kind of on the lower end of that. Yeah, I, I would say it's it's um it's it's nice and it's nice in the sense of there's like two bedrooms, which is like that's pretty good for having an apartment. Right. And being single in the 20s. Yeah. Or single income rather. In, in our version of the 20s. <laughs> yeah. the, the decidedly less terrible version of the 20s. Just a little bit. <laughs> um yeah so um the the whole time she's walking home she's like she's really giddy um is she the type of person that hums when she's after she's kissed i or sings i guess (laughs) um i would say not normally um but this is a different thing altogether so yes there's a little bit of humming on her way home and yeah so she gets back to her apartment and um you know unlocks the door goes in and it's everything's dark so as you unlock the door everything is dark but you do hear a rustling over from your kitchen and you see that a light is turned on which you did not leave on especially since you hear the rustling okay so um darling is gonna very slowly go over towards i guess it would be the kitchen kind of area or wherever and go see if she can figure out what it is Roll me some, roll me a sneak check or sneak around, whatever it's called, whatever the stealth one is in this called. I'm so confused with Outlaws Wanted right now. That is a seven. Um, so what's gonna happen is, so you sneak around the corner, and before this person notices you, you get to look at them, and you see uh, a tall man who is very, very muscular. He's got a military cut hairstyle. Uh, he looks like he's the kind of person who like works out twice a day, and you can tell. And you recognize this man. So uh, Darlene's going to fold her arms and, Well, hello, Gideon. It's good to see you again. Hello, darling. How have you been? Oh, you know, um, not too bad. And, like... At this point, she is like, everything that just went down with Tanner is completely out of her mind. And there's uh, there's this very strong magnetism between the two of them. There's this almost palpable feel in the air of like, not, well, this almost palpable feel of sexual tension in the room where th- you are both drawn to each other in a way that is almost supernatural. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's very it, it, it feels uh it feels supernatural. Um and uh I think before either of them can continue the conversation, I think they are both in each other's arms. Yeah, they they are immediately in each other's arms, making out and quickly heading towards the bedroom as the scene fades to black. So the next morning, you see we pan up in Darling's bedroom where there's just clothes thrown all over the place. There's definitely a shirt on a lamp. Just everything discarded everywhere as Darling and Gideon lay in bed next to each other. Darling sits up and she like, even though they just had a lot of fun, uh, she's like got the sheet pulled up around her almost as like high as it can go. And she's sitting up in bed. Look, Gideon, I'm really glad to see you again, but look, we can't keep doing this. Like this, this really has got to be the last time. I 
You can't just keep barging into my apartment. So you want this to be the last time? Yes. Just like last time was the last time? Hey Wanderers, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Naptown Chronicles. If you want to hear more content from the Wandering Gamer Network, you can check out the Wandering Gamer Network website. We also post Let's Plays that we do on YouTube under the channel Wandering Gamer Network. On Twitch, we can be found at wandering underscore gamer underscore network, and you can follow us on Twitter at the WGN Podcast. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. The intro and outro music was composed by Caitlin Balgaman, who voices Faye in this podcast. All other music is openly licensed or in the public domain. Now, sleeper, it is time to rest. And remember, it is the gods who envy us.